welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley, and you're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Joy Apple, a modern workplace strategist and Microsoft MVP with the Pate Group in Tulsa, Oklahoma, on the topic of the future of working from home. Another episode of the Collab Talk podcast, where we discuss the convergence of technology, business productivity, and collaboration culture within modern work. And my guest today is Joy Apple, a modern workplace strategist at Pate Group based in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And she is also an Office Apps and Services MVP. Welcome, Joy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very happy to be here. Anything else that's on your uh, long resume? You've been in the space for many, many years, seen you at events for many years out there, but anything else that you would throw out there about your own background? Oh, I just feel if you could say many one more time, that would definitely help me feel better (laughs) because I'm old. Um, Oh, I made me think. Well, I will say one thing I'm super proud of. I have helped do training and consulting with three out of the five branches of our armed services. Still hoping... Still hoping to knock out the other two, the Marines and the Coasties. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, that's the one thing can say is that, you know, for the Microsoft ecosystem is that they are heavily entrenched within the uh, U.S. military. So in all branches. I cut my teeth in the Department of Defense side of the world. So, oh, yeah. You know, it's kind of funny is I have a cousin who uh, was living out in D.C., uh, working for like the State Department, I don't think was in tech I- at all. And this was back in the, um, remember SharePoint, the conference, the big one in DC that was out on the college campus. And it was the the massive one. Mm. I don't remember what year that was, 2011, 2012, something time around that. Sure. Anyway, so he came out to visit with me and actually stayed one night with me in my hotel. I had the two, the the double bed in there just to hang out, yeah. get some quality time with one of my favorite cousins. All these years later, what does he do now? He's a SharePoint admin. I took him to his first SharePoint event. And look at that. That's amazing. He, was, he knew nothing about it other than he used it a little bit at work. And, but he went to a bunch of sessions, like stuck around like yeah. the whole day on Saturday and, and uh, went to other sessions, went to my session. Of course he went to my session. Oh, obviously. I, I, I gave him food. I gave him a, a place to sleep. Of course he went to my session. Done. Anyway, so let's so the talk today, the, the topic of discussion, yes. and we're going to have some more fun here, but uh, is, is around the work from home, working from home thing. Mm. So let's kick things off with this work. <laughs> we've all been working from home for the last year and a half or so, certainly more for some of us. Right. And for, oh, sure. I, I've been working from home for more than 10 years. Okay. Right. So how has that worked out for everyone? So are, are people living the dream? Um, really, in, in practical terms, how did this sudden move to everyone working yeah. from home actually work out for the majority of organizations? You know, it's 
well, now see, when you phrase it that way, my brain starts to think about it completely differently. How did it work out for the organizations? How did it work out for the individuals? Well, yeah, that- I, let's let's ask both of those. So let's talk about mm-hmm. from an organizational standpoint first. Okay, from an organizational standpoint, it's I think it's great. The average, so I'm going to talk about the average employee, but it's think about it, the lens of the organization. The average employee was in extra meetings and they put in extra right. work, right? So a lot of organizations, and you know how it is in the IT world, we don't always stay with the same company for super long periods of time. What? <laughs> I, know. I was with an organization in oil and gas that, oh, no, 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 no. If you're going to work for this company, you are going to sit in your chair at your desk on site. And if you're not here, you're obviously not working. Well, yeah. uh, I was going to say that, you know how much that is changed just on that, sorry, sidebar, side note, yeah. but I remember, so I've been in IT for 30 years and early in my career, I remember having conversations with, uh, yeah, you know, it was my first company, tech company I was with for two years, and uh, the company sold. Like the, the they moved all of our IP moved to Texas, and you know, out of a job that way. I was actually offered a job, moved to Texas, but I didn't take that. Went and took another like a consulting job for like five six months, and then went into another job for two years. And I remember um, talking with a recruiter. Or, you know, just like after that mm-hmm. saying, it's like, wow, you've jumped around. And I'm like, jumped around? I mean, I've jumped around. It was, I, you know, it, it, just the the nature of going and finding work, like company sold, what am I going to do? I contract until I found a permanent role, moved into that. And then I was finishing my degree and suddenly, my, you know, my, you know, what I could make doubled. And why would I not? I'd be foolish to remain in a job that wasn't going to be paying me what I was worth. That there was the opportunity that was out there. With all that, anyway, there was a stigma around that kind of frequent move, moving around, you know, at that time, which I don't believe exists anymore. It's much more like mm-hmm. what you're doing um, across those. It's it's you know, and I know this is a completely different topic, but of like that gig economy perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It just it, the the world has changed very much around that, which I do think has an impact on how we look at this question about working from home. You know, it's it's an onion. This topic, you know, you can just start peeling back those layers, and you could pick any one of them and spend untold hours really digging into it. Um, this one particular oil and gas company. Um, I was a contractor for them. So if I had a sick day, I didn't get paid, mm. right? Because can't, can't work remotely. Uh, I had another company once say, well, how did your employer know you're working if you don't work from an office every day? I was on site for them rolling out SharePoint 2013. Um, don't you see things happening while I'm here and not in that office? But it it didn't translate, right? COVID hits, you have no choice. Right. Because we had to take two weeks to flatten the curve. And in that short period of time, we saw 13 percent increase in remote worker productivity. You know, by remote worker, it, everyone. it feels longer than two weeks. Just FYI. Just I don't know. It's, it's just me. But, you know, yeah. funny. 
just feels like time has just done this weird thing. Yeah. But I've heard that from a lot of you know, organizations that, that you yeah. know, that were, and I've, I've worked, you know, in the SharePoint space since 2006 when I joined Microsoft uh, and had, was deploying SharePoint the year previous to that. That's how I kind of found my way into that role. Um, mm -hmm. But even before that, before the Microsoft ecosystem, I worked in the IBM world and, uh, and, but I've been working on collaboration technology really since the year 2001, working for ISVs building collaboration technology. And throughout most of that tenure, including my time with Microsoft, all of those companies had no working remotely policy. We're building technology to allow people to collaborate remotely and yet don't let people work from home. Right. Yeah. So suddenly that changed. Something happened or something. So this thing, this event occurred. Yes. Just minor inconvenience. And the world turned upside down. Now, I will tell you, it was really interesting from my perspective as a consultant that had been for what, three years, almost three years before that, telling people about the good news of teams, mm -hmm. right? Helping people implement teams. And now they're like, oh, but now we have to be serious about it. <laughs> now we actually have to get people to use it. Yeah, well, finally. Yeah. yeah, it's not just a matter of, well, that that was a big shift and certainly how Microsoft and, and many cu customer companies looked at adoption and as not just we've deployed it, meaning they have the icon on their desktop. Yes, but are they actually logging in? Well, and, and then there were even metrics out there like with SharePoint. Well, we can see that people logged in. It's like, yeah, but were they doing anything more than uploading a document getting back out? Like what was that? What was actually happening? Right. And that's another, you know, views of what it actually means to truly be, you know, adopt and engage within the technology. Mm -hmm. okay. That also changed. Yeah. Oh, drastically. And VPNs, right? VPNs everywhere were struggling, and the people that were in charge of managing those VPNs, because they were never designed for the entire workforce. They were designed for a few people that were out sick or on travel. Yeah. Sure should have learned the lesson from every conference that you've ever attended. <laughs> where the Wi-Fi dies on day one, like two hours in. No matter what they plan for, like they yeah. never plan enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're talking about an uptick in just teams alone, which, uh, I mean, I have to say it, means SharePoint too. Right. Millions of people in a very small period of time. Um, and a lot of companies went into survival mode, right? Okay, we got to, we're just going to take all this off the file share and just throw it into Teams and we'll figure it out later. Well, guess what? This is later. And it's really time to start getting that under control. Um, so I'm an architecture nerd, so I'm going to try not to go into my architecture spiel. But, you know, if you do, lift and shift never works. We've right. known that for how old is SharePoint now? Um, lift and shift never works, but we still have people living in that lift and shift place because they just threw it over there. And now anytime we need to get together, we're in teams because everything is a meeting now. Everything is a meeting. 
Yeah, is that a good thing? Everything's yeah. a mean. So, because it's it's funny. Like I, so I as I was mentioning before we started recording, I had I had calls scheduled month. I have monthly syncs with all of our global regional teams. Right. And uh, canceled my Singapore and Japan calls because this is a clear case of you know in our running standing agenda, like. I can send you a quick email that has the update and that's all. We don't need to be there for that meeting. Or, or somebody asked me like, hey, can you, when this you know, series of events happens, can you send out an email to this group? I was like, couldn't I just create a group chat and leave it up and just post to that? And the answer was, uh, response back from this person was no. Uh, no, email would be preferred. And so what I did is I sent the email and then I also created the group chat and said, I were to have it here. I'm going to see which one wins. You know, <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Yeah. That group chat can grow. That can become a very organic thing. Whereas an email. Right. Well, you've got a typo. You're done. Sorry. What I did was, I, so I had the the chat of what the update was, which is very brief, but I created a tab that had the OneNote where I'm archiving then everything was in it and adding to the files, all the supporting documentation. So it's always there. There's no going and searching through email to find that thing. This is a recurring thing. It just makes sense. So this was one of those things where, you know, uh, uh, this has been the adjustment of figuring out we have all these different tools it's not so much the which tool do i use when it's like we have all these different ways what is going to be the method that best fits the way that we need to collaborate around this activity yeah collaboration does not have to mean voice it doesn't have to mean video it doesn't have to mean email it doesn't have to mean chat either but we have such a rich tool set that asynchronous communication and collaboration really can go a long way. When I demo for folks how you could go to one of the files you have in your team and teams where you work with teams, mm -hmm. that you can edit that document, have that chat pane open on the side, but hey, I'm working on blah, 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 at mention your coworker. When you have a few, could you jump in, let me know what you think? And then that chat becomes persistent in your channel don't have to have a meeting, don't have to go through reviews. I hate track changes. Can I just say that? Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> I hate track changes. There's just something about all the little bitty lines everywhere. I cannot live that way. Unless you need them, which is fantastic. I may not, I like having it on, but then don't look at it. I take it, I change the view so I don't see any of them. Like I can't, like I, I want to see a, the clean version of the document that we're co-editing. I don't yeah. want to see all the, the the markup around that. I don't want to have that bias in your feedback about what I think needs to be there or isn't there. And then it's almost like a game where you then at the end, I did all my edits and turn it back off and find out, oh, I just reversed half of your stuff. Boy, <laughs> really improper English. <laughs> I just, <laughs> Amazing. It's, it's a lot of fun. But. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it, it it can be a necessary tool to use. I did not say necessary evil, but I thought it. But um, being able to have that chat instead of the meeting, share a screen. You don't have to even have a call. 
just chat. I've chatted up um, Stephen Wilson that I work with, and I've been like, I'm seeing the weirdest thing right now. Check this out. Didn't have to worry. Is there a dog barking? Is there a kid? Is Amazon dropping off another package at my house? Probably. You know, you just you can do a lot and not have to make it a meeting. Because I tell you what, we are tired of meetings, and you know the virtual events. Yeah, it's I'm like tired you of, love I'm burned them. out. I'm burned <laughs> out on the virtual events. That's right. Nothing. You know, and and even though, like, here's an example. We just had, um, uh, you know, it was invitation only, so not everybody's going to be aware of this, but Microsoft just did these, uh, the airlifts. And so it was, you know, the the team's focus, it was really the Microsoft 365 stack, so it was across the collaboration solutions. And I built out my agenda over those four days, and I attended several of the keynotes and two of the regular the deep dive sessions and everything else because they were happening during work days. And even though my calendar was blocked out, yep. work happened, life happened around that. And so, yes, they're all recorded. I went in and one other session that I wasn't able to attend, I looked at the slides and haven't looked at a single other recording yet. I just haven't had time. To go back. No, and, that's yeah. exactly how my experience went with it, too. I still have the airlift calendar overlaid on my calendar yep. so I can go back quickly and click that yep. link and go watch the ones I still haven't had a chance to. But it, you don't you don't get the in-face collaboration, you know, the talking between and, and the interaction. It's there, but it's not just the the not having the interaction. And there's so there's a complaint about, and I don't want to beat up on just Microsoft because this has happened kind of universally, is that a lot of the sessions that are provided online are mm -hmm. watered down. They're more marketing centric than they are technical. Um, that's something that has happened. Two, you don't have that level of interaction, and I think. You know, some companies, Microsoft has attempted to do this by having separate sessions that are like roundtable with limited groups specifically to talk about that session that everybody should have just attended. That's one one way I like that, but um, but it's just something else to attach to the end of that. But the biggest loss about all of this is just the fact that when you attend an event in person, you're physically there. You have separated yourself from yes. everything else. You've made that time to dedicate it. This, this goes back to that other topic of the multitasking is a lie. Work-life balance is a lie. And you're, you're doing one thing, not the other things. There is no balance. You are selfishly giving your attention to one thing uh, you're taking that away, that time away from others, whether it's work and family, you know, or, or yeah. your health, you know, an exercise. I mean, all those, those different things, you're making decisions about those things. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and so when you try to blend it all together in a virtual event and, and be work from home and attend these things, like it doesn't work out that way. Well, and even, Let's let's say let's say that was great and we didn't have any problems with that. Just the stats alone that in in 2020 
the average worker was in an additional 67 hours of meetings. <laughs> 67 of meeting, not of, not of private. Oh, camera breakthrough there. Hi. Not, not, um, not of working sessions, not of meetings. Yeah. So when did the work get done? Right. Well, that's so my running joke is so I'm like, uh, you know, I'm a uh, uh, we're empty nesters now. So four adult children, three of whom are married and 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 so they're all gone. And and I'll be on calls like today. I'll be done here at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll go up kind of a break and, you know, grab something of food to take the dog out for a walk. And my wife will inevitably ask. He's like, all right. So what does your evening look like? He's like, well, I'm done with all the meetings now. I've got to work for a couple hours mm-hmm. to get stuff done. So there's, well, that kind of goes back to, um, you know, all of us, no matter where you are, what level you are in your organization, there's some level of management and collaboration activity. So management acti- of activities, collaboration activities, working with others, meetings, that kind of stuff, an individual contributor, just where I just need to sit down and knock this thing out. And there's some blend. So again, if you're doing one of those three things, you're not doing the other two. Yep. Yeah. So and I think that's where the, the burnout's coming because and a part of it is too, like you can go into the psychology aspect of it and be like, human beings were not meant to stare at a box and make intense eye contact with another one to five human beings for 60 minutes at a time. Right. right? Okay, so pick a meeting and turn off the webcam, right? That part's easy to fix. Or just get like me and be like at the point you're like, oh, I don't care, I'm just gonna kick back and we'll be fine. But being able to focus on things is gone because we're we're fitting in what we can between those meetings. Or we're working knowing there's somebody out there at the dinner table or at breakfast or whatever waiting for us to finally join them. And the brain has a hard time making all that work together. So are organizations more aware of this gap between what's 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 needed, the work that needs to be done, and I don't know, the the health and well-being of employees? I the ones that are paying attention are then you look at that and i i don't have i don't have the numbers to know exactly what they say that number would be and if all the big companies out there and then you take the number that's paying attention and you you drill down you say of those that are paying attention how many care how many are actively starting to invest in things like uh viva that microsoft is rolling out paying attention to are my employees checking in with the little smiley to frowny faces going I'm not doing great. I'm having a great time to, uh, you know, I think I'm about to just have a walk away today. Are we paying attention to that? The tools are there now. Well, it, you know, so much of that, but I think to your point, it's whether companies care and are doing anything about that. I mean, so I, I, I joined, you know, at point here in December of last year. So just, just under a year here. And uh, with with Viva conversations, and I'm part of like the content services team that Microsoft runs, part of that mm-hmm. kind of advisory group there, and um, you know certainly interested in this space. And I'm personally interested in it because I'm very much you know I, I'm passionate about not yeah. just collaboration, the technology, 
but the impact that that technology has on the way that we work. That's that's what this collab talk you know was created ten years ago around that idea. There's the the human part of it, the process, you know, mm-hmm. and cultural mm-hmm. aspect of it, and then there's the technology. Anyway, with with, with all that, um, I, I was very happy to see that uh, at that point were customers of Headspace before the announcement went out about Headspace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've used that much. Yeah. Which is a great tool, and I get all the reminders, and I rarely utilize it and I always kick myself when I finally go and do it, like through one of the just mm-hmm. the becoming self-aware, feel yourself in the, in, in the chair, breathing in and out and that kind of thing. Like, it's amazing how much that relaxes you and allows you to focus. I read one of the uh, work trend reports about it, and they mentioned using the shorter ones when you've just got the back to back to back to back to back meetings, which a lot of us do these days. And it's like, okay, so we've started using the Outlook feature too, where we end meetings 10 minutes before the hour is up. Uh, 60 minute meetings, they really run 50. So theoretically that gives you a chance for a bio break to refill your coffee or water or whatever. And I'm like, I need to start doing that. Because if you take a minute or two minutes, if you're super lucky and you do that breathing, your brain literally has a chance to help you quiesce from the last meeting yeah. and ramp up and get ready for the one coming up. And it's pretty awesome, even though I rolled my eyes at it the first time. So you know what's better than that? So here, here's the problem. We're so uh, trained to end a meeting at the end of the hour. Mm-hmm. Um, my, and I, I've read some stuff on it, but I don't have any data points to point to in front of you, but the mm-hmm. practice of, delaying the start of the meeting till 10 after and it looks weird on the calendar and all that but it just you know it it fits in better with the people that are stragglers the late comers to starts anyway but put that gap at the beginning and then and because we're so trained to stop at that top of the hour and not go over that yep yep and so you can maintain that. And so the question really becomes, again, this goes back to cultural, and this could be society mm-hmm. cultural, mm-hmm. Um, is end at, at the hour, you know, because the next people are coming into the conference room or whatever that is, but give it's you that course. 10 minutes there. Yeah. Anyway, just an idea that's out there. No, you've convinced me. Uh, Richard and I were actually talking about, we were complaining about a meeting that started like, five minutes after the hour. Of course, we were all there at the top of the hour. And it's like, oh, I'm going to start for another five minutes. That, this is stupid. <laughs> well, well, because we, I but think we inherently sense. understand we need that time to spend a couple of, like, connect. Get there right at the hour, the start of the hour. Yeah. But then just chat, whatever. And then, all right, 10-minute mark, right, begin. You know, yep, let's yep, get yep. into it. Okay, you can serious faces. That's what you did. Joy, you need to do like the hand passing down the like the like the happy uh, serious face now, ready to go. I can't be serious on command. I have the opposite reflex. (laughs) But that's I I would I would like to say. I mean, certainly there's a. uh, I was going to say I'd like to say that organizations are becoming more aware of this disparity Mm -hmm. between. 
uh, you know, yeah. work and what needs to get done and, yeah, you know, health and well-being of, of our of our employees. Uh, but I think you're right. Like there, there's data that's out there. I think that there's what I can say is that more organizations are talking about it so that and being self-aware is the first step. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and. Well, we've already said, I mean, the tools are out there, but figuring out how to make sure I know for me personally, it wasn't until I went through some of the modern architecture stuff that it really started to click in my mind because paint group, we're a small company. There's like 12 of us that are actual technical resources that we all cycle through all the projects and do all that. Everything is in teams for us. Mm -hmm. All of our internal communication is in teams. All of our project work is in teams. Our sales and our marketing and our company stuff, it's all in teams. Every notification I get primarily comes from teams and it all has the same level of weight. Mm. My husband and I were at dinner one night probably late summer, early fall last year. And I heard teams ringing and I was Pavlov's dog. Where's my phone? Oh my gosh, it's eight o'clock at night. What has happened? The world is on fire. SharePoint emergency. It wasn't my phone. I'm looking around. It was the Microsoft commercial on the TV. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah. It's it is now. It was not then. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that really drove home to me the importance of going. Do you need a notification for everything? Mm. Should we maybe pull the want to know fun stuff out of Teams and look at Yammer for that, which we have done? Mm. Um, great. It 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 really was an eye opener for me, just of how much then because i started going back and looking at my work habits because something pops up in front of my face boy i'm going to respond to it because it's oh new shiny thing okay yes let me give you a reply now i've broken my concentration on this document that i really should have gotten out the door yesterday yeah so it's just discipline individual discipline is definitely part of it um but it kind of making users aware of, of how to use these awesome tools that have rolled out, you know, how to customize those notifications, embracing that asynchronous. <laughs> I really want the coffee cup that says I survived another meeting that could have been an email. Yeah. Or, or a team's chat. Yeah. You know, I, I was just uh, interviewing somebody last week. We were talking about um, uh, Sherry Oswald. We were talking about yeah. that, that habit that I so admire and I wish I could get myself to this point of like only reviewing email three times a day, like morning, midday, end of day, and treating it more as a triage activity and going through and doing that. Um, I've gotten much better, you know, part part of what's happened over the last couple of years and being, being somebody, I mean, again, we're both MVPs and a lot of stuff that we do out within the community, but I've really started to downgrade the the importance of you know for me and the priority of social notifications you know across the board um like they're you know how i utilize them and where like the more because uh, the reality is that the more meaningful interactions that i have are within communities like groups within facebook 
or communities over within LinkedIn. Mm, mm -hmm. Twitter's largely largely a sharing of news, links, and then garbage. Um, <laughs> most of the you know most of Facebook, you know, the other chatter is just garbage, except for the things that are within the you know those things. So I'm I'm being much more selective of where I go and spend my time in there. And I had like I've got Rambox, I've got a you know a tool of you know for yeah. interfaces into each of the different things. And I removed some of those applications from I removed um uh, like I, I put it back, but I removed it with sometime like uh Instagram, I just think for me and the way the way that I work is just a waste of time. It's nice to mm -hmm. see things out there, people that I that I know and things out there, but it's just I know there are a lot of businesses that are doing stuff. I'm not trying to knock that. For me. You? In the enterprise collaboration space, not much happening on Instagram. It's not the channel of distribution for that. And so right. I like removed it from my phone just to not get those notifications to turn off the notifications. Problem is for the stuff that I want to do that's more family related and mm -hmm. postings, friends, that community is like you need it on your phone because the desktop app you can't post. But anyway, um, yeah, so but I've but I've really tried to reduce that volume of notification noise yes. and spend more of my time around those meaningful interactions and those places. Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting. I know this morning I accidentally closed down the tab that I had my email open in. When I say accidentally, I mean I knew I closed it but I was going to open it back up in a few minutes. I was just moving stuff around, needed to do a restart. Well, I didn't. I got my calendar up, then I hopped into a meeting, then I thought, oh, I'm going to knock this out. I got a lot done this morning because I forgot to open my email back up. Yeah. It's, it's kind of magical. It is magical how that happens. Yeah, yeah it's uh, and that's been a, a, you know, a strategy for a long time has been to um, just like cleaning off your desktop makes a difference you're trying to focus on a document if you don't have stacks of papers like get everything out and have a clean desk and then go get that done it's amazing how much more you can focus on that it's the mm -hmm. same with the number of open boxes like right now i have probably i don't know 30 tabs open across three different browser instances as well as other applications open i mean all the stuff that's going on um but i have my primary work monitors part of the dual monitor magic and mm -hmm. i will literally drag everything else that's secondary over and cover that up and usually spotify is opened all the way and blocks it all but it's <laughs> there when i need it to grab it move it back over to my workspace so i yep. even organize my virtual desktop that yeah. way to to you know remove things from that view visible view mm -hmm. yeah clutter there's a magic in it I, there was a thing going around on Twitter one day. It was like, right now, how many browser tabs do you have open? Mm -hmm. Oh, it was a lot. I was like, well, just an edge. 33. But then there was Chrome and Firefox and all the goodies. Right. Yep. <laughs> it's, digital hoarding is a real thing. Digital hoarding. That sounds like a great podcast title. You know, just the digital hoarding <laughs> show. Hoard all that. Well, that's well. We're we're kind of talking about digital hoarding. Hoarding could be like the subtitle to, what is the future of working from home? Parentheses digital hoarding. <laughs> <laughs> so, can we're, so where are things going? So we've talked about, you know, kind of what's happened 
throughout mm -hmm. the pandemic, what's changed, um, how organizations have become, mm -hmm. we like to say, you know, more aware, whether they're doing something with that or not. That's exactly. the but what what is the future? What do, what do you foresee? Um, definitely the hybrid is going to be the way to go. I really feel, you know, there's a lot of panic out there right now because a lot of people have resigned their jobs. And I think those resignations came because the company said, no, this is what you're going to do. And the employee said, no, it's not. I think a lot of people found value in having um, some flexibility that they never had before. So I think that's going to be key um, for a lot of things. And, you know, honestly, we're seeing that in the tools now. Outlook is starting to release tools to help make hybrid meetings more efficient. What was it like reminders for, did you need to book a workspace or do you have a link here for the people that will be joining remotely? Little things yep. like that. I think that's going to be a big deal. Um, There's my reminder for my next for my next uh, meeting. No, but uh, you know, I was just actually looking, scrolling through the email to find. Um, so I love the um, now the rebranded the daily briefings that are the Microsoft Viva daily briefings. Viva. I, I, you know, I would see those and be like, ah, and delete. And now, I mean, I look at those every day because I'm a task guy, I'm a list guy, and mm -hmm. I want to make sure, did I miss something? Was a conversation where somebody was asking me for something? And I'm so thrilled to be able to go through that. And usually one or two items like, yep, done, done. And then again, almost every email, every time I get one of these, there's something like, Oh crap! Yes, I forgot that. <laughs> yes, I let did. Me, too, let me yeah. add that in. Uh, let me follow yeah. up on that thing. So I absolutely love that. The board view in Outlook, and I'm just going to say for anybody listening, if you are not using Outlook on the web, just try it. I'm a like I'm a browser Outlook person. Yep. Magic. Yep. But I love having my tasks right next to my calendar. Yep. Magic. Uh, and the virtual commute, where I can just download out of my brain everything I know I need to remember to do tomorrow, and it just magically goes to that task list next to my calendar. Yep. It's awesome. Um, but going back to your question, I, I think organizations are going to have to learn how to nurture employees that aren't going to be on site Monday through Friday. Yep. It's it's definitely going to have to be a learning curve. The world is going to have to figure out, are we going to have 100% remote people? How do we keep them included? Yeah, virtual happy hour every quarter doesn't do it. Well, that's, that's you know, not that's true. a big thing for me. Having been, again, I, I've been working remote since 2009 for the most part. Mm -hmm. uh, and the biggest issue there was not did we have the right tools. It was the fact that, uh, you know, how often... Like I could be the primary on a project, on an effort, whatever that is, and how easily it is for the rest of the team that's on location to forget about you and be like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, no, we made these other decisions. Oh, we already moved forward with it. It's like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Excuse you know? me. <laughs> you know, what happened? And so it, it's, it is imperative that the people that are on site do not forget those remote people that every interaction that you go into every project that you're working on every meeting 
that you're going through, like, who are the stakeholders? And, mm-hmm. and so that is something that I hope will change, will improve, where yeah. every meeting that you go into, even if you have nine out of 10 people that are sitting there in the room, the 10th person's up on screen and on camera and is participating. And it's just the the reality mm-hmm. there is that you have to think about, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in a global role. And so I, I think that the website that I access most frequently is the time zone converter. So I can look at, okay, I'm talking with somebody that's in Singapore, I'm coordinating with somebody in the UK and somebody out of our New Jersey office and me in the mountain states and figuring out. And the answer to that is that there is no good time for those four time zones. (laughs) It's impossible to find somebody's going to stay awake or be somebody's awake at midnight or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I always tell like my, my APAC uh, uh, counterparts, I said, look, I am again, empty nester. I am happy to be on a call between 8 p.m. and midnight. That works the best for APAC. Do it. Book it. Uh, so I've let them know my availability. For the rest of you out in the world, do not send me a meeting invite for 8 p.m. <laughs> I will not respond. That's I've got a customer Florence. in Ireland, and I think that's a six-hour six hour difference for yeah. me. Maybe seven at the moment. Uh, no, six is right. But yeah, it's like, so I try to be early in the morning, but it's always like, look, if you need me before eight, my time, I'm not going to be very talkative. Yeah. I will be responsive and I will be down in that coffee as fast as I can. But <laughs> yeah. I, I'd like to say I, I used to be a morning guy because uh, I was at the gym at 5.30 a.m. every morning. But you don't have to have an in-depth to- to- uh, technical conversation no, well, you do not. And that you, is being at the gym at 530 is usually the wake up process. So that uh-huh. substitutes the, the cup of coffee or the they, Coke Zero. Yeah. Or Monster these days. So that's what those crazy kids do. Kids these days. Just give me the coffee flavored coffee, please. I'll be good to go. But no, it's, it's definitely going to be a change and how people work and how organizations are going to have to embrace this hybrid landscape that's coming up. Well, the one benefit I know that's been talked about a lot. So there's the technology of how we actually work, like, you know, in in the moment we pull people in, it's going to be, I I agree with you, it's going to be hybrid, there's going to be people that are in the web meetings. But I think this goes back to your other comment about those people that are quitting their jobs uh, mm-hmm. Because uh, of like Utah right now, where I uh, I live, as two point five percent tech unemployment, it's like crazy low, oh. and it's been low pretty much throughout. Like we we never shut down like the rest of the country did, and the the economy's just been doing really well throughout that. Um, gotcha. But um, you know things are really really tight now, and everybody's having difficulty um, hiring. But it so it's not just about having the technology in place, but it it it's what you pointed out. It's it's having the culture of your organization mm-hmm. that supports that that model and being flexible. You know, like I I'm working really long hours, so I don't think for a second of do I have time to go for a run in the middle of the day or go down to the gym for a longer like yep. I block it out. I just do it. 
I don't need to ask anybody. I don't need to like think about that. I like I know what I'm doing the rest of the day, and I know that I'm more than putting in the hours required by law with my job around that. that when yeah. I'm reading, I'm rereading actually Tara Wheeler's Women in Tech right now, and I was going through the chapter yesterday about how we we kind of downplay soft skills as a technologist. She's like, soft skills are the hardest skills I've ever had to learn. It's how to deal with people, how to lead people and effectively manage people. Remote will definitely be a challenge for that, but there are tools that can make that easier. And, you know, once everybody simmers down and, and, and things are more open again, you have the ability to travel. So maybe some of your office space can be downsized, sold off, rented out put that money to bringing your employees in and have yeah. that face-to-face -face valuable time. I've been a fan when I went to work for the phone company for Pacific Bell in the mid nineties, they were pioneering this thing that they were referring to as hoteling space. And I just mm -hmm. thought that was fantastic. And of course I had a really good, even, even then early on a uh, good broadband connection because I happened to be in my neighborhood um, surrounded by some of the engineers that built um, the uh, the uh, Pacific Bell network, you know, yes. the, the PBIS, the Information Systems Platform, they all lived out in my town of uh, Brentwood, California, <laughs> as well as Lawrence Livermore Lab employees. So I had all these scientists, PhDs, and PBIS people all living in my neighborhood. And so for some reason, I had incredibly good, uh, strong internet. But, you know, but besides all that, I, I still believe that doing a pure online, like 100%, just a virtual, is still going to be incredibly hard to do. Why hybrid, I think, makes sense. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm all for, like, like I'm 100% remote. However, um, I realize that my travel will increase uh, over the next few months. And I will be doing a minimum of quarterly visits to other company offices and slowly as events start back up and customer site visits and that kind of stuff that's out there. When it's blended with some degree of in-person, there has like, to your point, get rid of some of the spaces, have this hoteling space where people could come sit in the cubicle like one day a week. They don't need to have a whole office or a dedicated space to them. Mm -hmm. uh, but you still need to do like on a monthly or quarterly basis or whatever, some regular motion where everybody's together, where you can see people, yeah. get to know new people. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, there's you very little that makes up for that. Yeah. You, you can't replace, there has to be some degree of human inter interaction, face-to-face mm -hmm. -face interaction. Yeah. Even the most introverted of us, we're still social creatures at heart. Let's just to maybe kind of end on this, but did we all become more introverted? Do we, did something happen there? Not or me. do, cause I'm an extrovert. My wife is very introverted, but I, I look at this through this thing where people are, I do not have FOMO. I do not have fear of missing out for like events and the things that I see people like getting back into it. Like I am, Per, like I like well good for you that's great that you go to the conference and I'd love to see people but I'm just like 
I don't need to go get an airplane right now. No, I, I'm I'm okay to not go to that other event or that new thing that's starting up or or getting out there. I'm happy to do it when I need to be out there. I'm looking forward to more, but I'm not. I don't have this overwhelming urge like I have to go and be there and be in it. I have to go. I have to be there. In fact, <laughs> I'm going to be at Coms V next next week because I can be. Um, that's cool. uh, I I am an extreme extrovert and yes, I, I just can't wait. And for me, I'm like, it's an airplane. That air is so filtered. Ain't nothing in it by the time it gets. Oh, to I them. know. I'm, I'm not oh. worried about that aspect of it, um, but it's a You're still uh, gross. Airplanes yeah. are still one of the grossest. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I, well, I, so I have, have the thing, like, I, I'm like, I have no problem with masks on airplanes being that close to people, but I, cause I have like a travel sweatshirt and I zip up with like the hoodie and, and all like, I do that with, in the mask. So I'm not touching things and I get, like, I get to my destination and I wash off my hands as I'm wiping down the hotel, like everything that I'm going to be touching that's in there. Like I had a germaphobe child, uh, when he was younger, he's, he's eased up a bit. But I learned some important lessons because if you go look at those videos, no. where they explain like uh, it, it will. I I don't go look it up on YouTube, people. No. Um, no. If like of what surfaces you should be aware of in like hotels, like live in ignorance is bliss, people. Come on. How did we take this turn? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, oh yeah. So that yeah. aspect of if it doesn't of kill you. It only makes you stronger. But I have to say that I I I do miss the 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 global community interactions. I'm looking uh, you know forward to getting back into to that you know degree of things. But uh, but otherwise I, I you know I, it really comes down to I'd love to be able to you know see my team on a regular mm -hmm. basis. But uh, it it then supports seeing people their faces on video day after day. Because I, I, my brain is able to kind of do the translation. I was like, I saw them. They are not a cyborg. I've seen yes. them before in person, and you can kind of put the two and two together. Honestly, I don't know. I knew everybody, just about everybody already. But when I took this job, I, you know, AppPoint was a customer, and of course, have mm -hmm. been partners for years. Uh, I don't know how somebody who was just hired, who had never experienced the company like how they could go months without having seen people in person. That's incredibly hard to do. It, I have, so one of my primary responsibilities at pay group is doing deployment planning. And I go in and I, I well, I either on teams or I go in face to face and have these conversations with um, representatives of the various primary business departments. It is shocking the number of people I have talked to in the last year to be like, oh, well, I took the job in February of 2020, March of 2020. I've got an internal communications manager that started with a large manufacturing company the month COVID hit. Hmm. How are you saying, lady? I don't understand. <laughs> I, it's just, it's shocking to me. Yeah. But then you get them all on their webcams and they're, they're, the first five minutes, they're all saying, hey, because they haven't seen each other in months. Yeah. So that's always fun to see. No, it's, it's, I mean, Hey, humans find a way, you know, and, and we'll make it work. We'll, we'll, with what we have in front of us. Um, but it's a, I'd say that with a, 
you know, a customer interaction, I think you could get away with less than, but when you're talking about, you know, people that you work with day in and day out with your company, like there, there need to be those, those connections there long-term. Absolutely. hundred percent. Well, Joy, I know that we've gone just uh, kind of over what we slated here, but really appreciated. Like, use as per usual, the Collab Talk podcast. We've gone sideways several times. It's always no, I, I will never, I would never blame you to your face for doing that. It's all been me. In my face behind my back's fine. <laughs> uh, that's that's uh, yeah. Good times, good times. Uh, well. Really appreciate your your time. Have fun at the event next week. I wish I was there. Um, I, no time. I had hoped to drive over the hill. Over the hill. I think it's like a seven, eight hour. People forget how big the Western U.S. is. It gets bigger the further west you go. Yeah, it, it does. Sure. So I think it's like an eight hour drive between Salt Lake and and Denver, something like that. That's just and a stretch of the legs. There's a couple mountains in between. Yeah. I've heard, so wee little hills. Yeah. But uh, really great to see you uh, virtually, and we'll talk to you soon. And and for folks that want to get in touch, what are the best ways to reach you? Oh, Twitter is a great place to find me, even though Christian said it was garbage earlier. Um, at Joy of SharePoint, I am on Twitter. I'm trying it on Instagram just because why not? Um, but those, you know, you can find at Joy of SharePoint. That's me. I'm just about everywhere. Oh. Excellent. Well, Joy, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you. It's been fun. You've been listening to the Collab Talk podcast. New episodes are published every Friday, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and most other podcast services. Thanks for listening. Hungry for more great content? You have to check out the Shift Happens podcast. I'm your host, Ducks Raymond Sai, Chief Brand Officer at AppPoint, and I sit down to chat with top business leaders and IT professionals about their most challenging modern workplace projects. Tune in to hear real-life advice from industry peers on making plans and pivots, casual conversations exploring the latest trends in collaborative Microsoft 365 technology, and easy, actionable strategies to make organizational change happen. Subscribe to the Shift Happens podcast today, available on all major platforms. Can't wait to see you there. Shift Happens podcast.